Welcome back to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Jeremy Blair. And, uh... I don't know who's who anymore. It's new Jeremy. So is that old Jeremy now? I'm better. I would say Jeremy Classic. But, but you look the same, though. You know, I'm, I'm getting... I can't, I can't, I can't... I don't like new things. I know. It's the glasses, huh? Yeah. God, wow. I took, now can you tell the difference? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Alex is back with us. Hello. Uh, this is the episode that uh, was supposed to happen. Was supposed to happen. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we we had fun with not no, only yeah, dead. No, yeah, it was great. I listened to the episode, and it was, it was great with that. Yeah. yeah. It was reminiscent of season one. Yeah. Except you know we talked about something you actually wanted to listen to. That's true. I um, yeah. I pitched to them as I was vomiting a whole bunch of my house. Uh, do I think that'd be a bunch of fun. I, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, so. And I almost got... While well, he was turning into a zombie, he's yeah. like, you know what? Do a zombie movie? Yeah, do a zombie movie. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll we'll do another zombie movie later on. That'd be you cool. Know? We got it. Yeah, or a, Zack Snyder's new Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. About a mercenary crew that goes to Las Vegas to pull off a heist during a zombie apocalypse. No, thank you. Which is pretty much the video game Dead no. Rising 2. I know. No, no one asked for that genre mashup. Like, I want a heist movie, but also a zombie movie. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, he had to do something while he was swinging that $30 million to fix Justice League. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so... How excited are you guys for this episode? Guys, very. Extremely excited. I, you know, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I've seen it about 20, 30 times. So. Yeah. Uh, so, like we mentioned during the uh, I'm Thinking of Many Things episode, we will talk about a lot of the real events that the movie tends to kind of almost allude to or lean more heavily on, you know, because there's still a lot about the case they haven't solved. And there's a and there's a specific reason why they chose to do it in this certain way, and we'll talk about it. But um, let's go ahead and tell them it's Zodiac. Zodiac. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand seven. Uh, for our MCU fans out there, this is pre Iron Man for RDJ. One whole year before he did Iron Man. Well, probably technically a few months. I guess pre pre. Pre-Avengers for Mark Ruffalo. And pre-Spider-Man. And pre-Spooderman for... Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. So pre-Marvel for everyone. Uh, yeah. This is Rob. This was Robert's rise back into fame. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was crushing it, getting out of rom-coms. I mean, yeah. He had done uh, Collateral before this. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I think, sort of... I mean, he's a phenomenal actor, and I love Mark Ruffalo. But I think he was sort of miscast in, in Collateral. He was the bad guy. In Collateral, I don't think you've yeah. seen it. Um, it sounds it's Michael Mann's film with um, Tom Cruise and Jamie Fox. And oh, remember Jamie yeah. Fox, the Taxi Driver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how long it's been since I've seen that yeah, movie. Yeah, it's been a while, right? So, uh, and then Jake Gyllenhaal was coming off of being like a, a little baby actor, you know, October Darko. Sky, Donnie Darko. Yeah, and this was his. You know, he was a he wasn't playing a high schooler. Anymore, <laughs> even yeah. though he probably still could have. I mean, he's, I know he was know, still looking pretty young for a man who's supposed to have two kids. Yeah, when we'll get to that. So, um, <laughs> Ray, I, I know we are gigantic fans of this film and the case itself, but um, 
So, okay. So, I remember stumbling on the movie on Netflix uh, years ago. I was just kind of going through Netflix trying to find something to watch. And there it was. And I saw Robert Downey Jr. Of course, like I said, this is well into the MCU. So, I knew who that was. And I saw Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was like, okay. What's this? And so I knew I knew a little bit of the actual case, but not a whole lot to like to have a, a true crime conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. So I watched the movie and I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was phenomenally acted. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, written really well, which I want to talk about the script because. Um, that writer is hit or miss, apparently, which is crazy. Yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, that he wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Which and is th- fine. I mean, But then he wrote terrible. this. You which know. is, you know, to me, I'll go ahead and jump it off with this may be, and it will, at least in my opinion, the most accurate dramatization or depiction of, of, of what really of happened. true crime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like most true crime movies that are made, uh, you know, they do take liberties because they have to. But I, you know, they really, everything I was reading that, because it's based on Robert Graysmith's book, both of his books, actually. Yeah. Uh, everything I read, the, they didn't diverge that much. No, and they also, I mean, they were very lucky that Dave Toski's still alive at this point, mm-hmm. um, that they had Graysmith. And that, you know, they didn't have Paul Avery. Um, he, he passed away seven years before yeah, this. Yeah, and so, I mean, but they they had a lot of help and a lot of people who were there. Yeah. You know, and knew these people personally. And, I mean, the of course, the crown jewel is getting Dave Tosky, so. Oh, yeah. Um, Which apparently he had the... Like near perfect recollection of everything I mean, about this case. It's amazing is, because, you know... I think in combination with Graysmith's book and Toski, there was no excuse not to do it perfect. Yeah. I mean, and they did. Yeah. There, there are some things that, you know, didn't and they exaggerated. There's a few things, right, like stuff that, with like, Graysmith's life, but in terms of the case on that. Yeah. In terms of the case, it's pretty much, which, you know, people are like, how are you going to do that, you know? Because there's not a lot of action that goes on. There's not a lot of thriller stuff. Right. But... It works out perfectly, I think. I, I completely opinion. agree. Because, you know, it is a slow burn of a film. Yeah. Towards the end. Anyway. I, yes, and I would say that, you know, when I saw this movie, I saw it in theaters. I don't know if you did or, mm-hmm. or not. Uh, I drug my dad to it because uh, I didn't, I couldn't drive yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, Dad, we have to go see Zodiac. I, you know, he's like, ugh. I go, it's two and a half hours, shut up, we're going, you know? <laughs> like, wait, I have to see it. Yeah. And I was completely blown away by it. And that was in the, the theater, they, the way they set up the projector, um, it was really hard to read the captions underneath everything. So we're, mm. say, like two weeks later. Mm, or yeah, three, yeah. And so it was still enjoyable even without the help of that. Yeah. So... So where where do we want to start from exactly? Yeah, I kind of want to start with you know the timeline of the book. If our listener has read the book, um, it's not this film is not chronological by case because it's following Gray Smith, right? Right. The audience is Gray Smith, so essentially, so anytime Gray Smith learns something, so do we, right? Kind of. Right. 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 Um, at least in the way that things sort of. Pan out 
And I think the reason they also did it this way is because the the first murders, and I have the names written down, um, David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, um, yeah. no one survived. So there were there were no witnesses. Right. And so they can't recreate that scenario. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with Mike Majot and uh, Darling Farron, they could. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so... I love that it starts with that murder mm-hmm. first, um, and Boy Meets World fans out there know that it's yeah. Minkus, Minkus. Uh, plays. Uh, oh my god! Mike I Michelle. never figured that out. <laughs> plays Mike Michel. Um and I mean, even down to what Darlene was wearing is yeah. spot on, perfect. Yeah, they had like actual like looked at like the the forensics and the, everything. To match like the costuming, where they were at when they got you know shot, uh-huh. you know where their bodies was found. Yeah, because like, they did a lot of you know research into making it as pristine as they could. Yeah, no, I read that David Fincher and the writer James Vanderbilt um, did their own investigation into everything so they could make it as accurate as possible. Yeah, I mean, and it and it shows, and that sort of dedication and you know attention to detail matters, mm-hmm. right? Especially to the survivors who are obviously still alive, who will see this movie, mm-hmm. right, and go, "That was it," you know. Even the the guy in the Lake Berryessa murder, I forgot his name. I'm sorry, Brian Hartnell. Um, he said that he remembers looking away from uh, from Cecilia's. Cecilia, right? Yeah. Uh, stabbing as soon as they cut to black, uh, as soon as they cut from her being stabbed, yeah. it was that was I mean it was perfect. It was exactly when I looked away, and so, so I don't. Yeah. I, so, so you don't have any memories, right? Of it's unbelievable. And their, I mean, their Carmen Ghia, the the door mm-hmm. that he wrote on is exactly the same. They still have the door to look at. I mean, it's a case where they're very lucky. To have all of these resources mm-hmm. and to be able to portray these things as honestly as they possibly could, with fudging a few things like they, it was more likely that it was another Corvair that Zodiac was in, um, mm-hmm. not a Mustang. Yeah. But I was listening to the commentary and Fincher was like, "It's too weird, and it looks sort of like Kaufman esque or sort of yeah. you know that it's two identical cars." Right, and so we didn't want to do that and stuff like that. So there are things that, for the audience's sake, yeah. uh, they would need to change. But other than that, it's spot on perfect. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. So I don't know a whole lot about the the real life case. You know, I knew that he terrorized the San Francisco area from the uh, late sixties, early seventies. David Fincher grew up. And really, he remembers being a kid. And this was going on. So that, I mean, I, I, I think that gives it a really personal feel to it because he, from his recollection, it's sort of like I'm trying to think of a really good example of a movie we've done before where a filmmaker, like, let's say Scorsese, he's from the area, mm. he's from that time, and so he puts his personal memories and, and emotion and, and tone and feel into these things. And so David Fincher did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can tell it's there because, you know, it's, you, you know, with the writing and how the actors use the writing, it feels very authentic. Like, you would believe that Mark Ruffalo really was from San Francisco. Like, I don't, 
There's just so much about this movie. One of my favorite lines in the film is after Toski um, comes to the Chronicle to pick up Paul Stein's shirt, um, Gray Smith goes, he wears his gun like bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and I knew yeah. that thanks to you. Yeah, uh, that Toski was a consultant on Bullet and, and uh, Steve and McQueen. Dirty Harry as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dirty Harry is basically. Well, Zodiac. Dirty Harry is Zodiac, but he was yeah. the, you know, they modeled Dirty Harry yeah. partly after Toski. And, uh, yeah, because I remember. I, what I remember read is, you know, that's what Toski was. He. He loved to be in the spotlight. Yeah. He loved, you know, all the interviews and all the stuff being in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure being, you know, portrayed at it as a movie, even just like for inspiration, I'm sure he'd love that oh, as well. I mean, you can I mean, Steve McQueen playing you in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I and mean, then Clint Eastwood. That, those yeah. are the two coolest guys who have ever graced the screen. You, you know, know, I wonder if that scene in the movie theater is how he really was. You know, where he's like, they're making movies about it. They're... Yeah. They bring that up in the commentary to where public interest dropped after Dirty Harry mm-hmm. because they solved it in Dirty Harry, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's sort of the psychological reset for everyone that they get their catharsis. Uh, so it was like, from, so if right? the movie solved it, then it's solved. Then yeah. that's good enough for the public. Because, uh, right? okay. I mean, it, yeah. for them, it's just a story. Mm. You don't live it. Right. I mean, that, that's sort of how it is in any sort of true kind of thing. Mm. You know, if you're not like invested. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so I want to take a break from the real life okay. stuff, yeah. and I just want to talk about the acting, man. It's, All these was, phenomenal actors. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to start off this episode by saying, you know what? Let's do a blanket statement because it would take too long. Everyone did great. <laughs> yeah, I mean? absolutely. Because, I mean, even like. The, the bit characters mm-hmm. you know Dermot Maroney oh, yeah. crushes and he's in like five scenes yeah right um, everybody is unbelievable in everything yeah, yeah. I think I, I, that's probably you know like a David Fincher thing as well I agree like even the guy that plays uh, Brian Hartnell yeah like that's his only role yeah he had nothing before that and he had one of that and he you know even just one little bit character yeah, I mean, in, you know, the they were saying that he was eating a sandwich before the scene, and so the little thing that he does yeah. when being confronted is real. He just yeah. had a little bit of indigestion, and he's like, keep it. Yeah. <laughs> keep it in there. That's real. That's real enough. Yeah, it's... Uh, man. Like, I don't think I've seen... Well, I mean, I know I have, but, like, a movie this precise with acting, like, where it's so just... I would I would call this a perfect movie. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I'm a blanket statement. For me, I would say in terms of true crime, in terms of crime drama, thrillers, suspense, I would say at least for the 2000s, mm. it's the best one. Oh, yeah. Even even though it's inconclusive? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of filmmaking, I would say that, you know, okay. rewatchability in terms of entertainment yeah. and staying true to the true life events is perfect. And that cinematography, though. Classic David Fincher. Fincher has the greatest cinematographer Dude, in that, the business. That that opening shot, uh, we're, we're in Darlene's car, but you already feel like 
are we in Zodiac's car right now? But then the camera switches from uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark Michaud. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike. And it switches from him to the camera cuts to Darlene. Darlene. You're like, oh, okay, thank God. Like, it's, it's that first scene sets up the tension. I feel like there are many, many scenes and shots that I wrote down, like the Paul Stein's cab, the the bird's eye view. Yeah, wallet. Why you get the the you know radio commentator? It's fixed on the car. I don't know how they did that. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's CGI. Yeah, I mean. This film, of course, being in the early digital age, yeah. and Fincher really latching on to that and keeping it throughout his career, mm-hmm. um, has yeah. tremendously helped this film, especially with the digital matte paintings and the um, the, the car scene, the blood. So, I mean, yeah, all the all the blood. It looks great. All the blood was CGI. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is great. Which is now now everyone uses that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever. I don't think uh, anyone has used. It doesn't look as good. Blood squibs and RoboCop. This is a tangent. (laughs) This is a tangent, which is I usually say those for rain, Um, but I would say Joker's blood was pretty good. Yeah, was CG. Yeah, say. Yeah. Dude, blew out. He's Alex is gonna stand up and jump out the window now. Yeah. There's nothing real. Yeah. Am I CG? Yeah. <gasps> no, he's not really here, guys. He's not really here, CG. Uh, we've gotten way better at CG out here on reservations. <laughs> like, see, look, look. See, like, oh, it looks like my hand is really touching him. I'm um, not here. <laughs> but to go back to the film itself, I... Yeah. Even the the Trans America Pyramid building. Oh, I love yeah. that shot. Um, that time lapse shot. The, yeah, the time difference. Where I love that he chose to do it over the course of one day, the the building of it. So the sun, yeah. you know, rises and sets. Yeah. Uh, but it being you know a year, mm. it's yeah, amazing. And of course, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. You know, you can't go wrong. The soundtrack, I have it on vinyl. It's, I listen to it all the time. It's uh, such a killer film, man. So, so Jeremy, what what elements of the film made you know that you were going to want to rewatch this movie again and again? I, first off, just the mystery of it. I, I remember watching a... It wasn't like an Unsolved Mysteries. It was a show kind of like that where they did an episode on the Zodiac, and I'd seen it a couple of years prior at my grandmother's house, and I was obsessed. I mean, from the jump. I even remembered the cops not stopping that gentleman because the description was wrong. I remembered that. And so when they did it in the film, I go, they even remembered to put in the mistake, right? I, I was obsessed. And so that was number one. Um, this is embarrassing, but at the time, uh, I was maybe in the eighth grade. Um, I was didn't know anything really about the case besides watching that documentary once. Um, but I was really into writing, and I was going to be a novelist, I thought, at the time. And so I was writing the short story, you know, putting Zodiac in the short story. Whatever. And so when the movie came out, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Forget what I'm doing. <laughs> That's stupid nonsense, right? Yeah. And um, I remember exactly where I was when I saw the trailer. Also, uh-huh. I was at my buddy's house. I was spending the night, and we had the TV on, and it came on, and I stopped. We were about to leave the room. I go, wait, what is that? <laughs> and I go, oh my god! And I sat down on his bed. I go, no way, <laughs> you yeah. know, Zodiac. And so that number one, number two, I. You know, the cinematography really captures you. I, I really like 
the way it looks. Right? I mean, it looks awesome. And it looks cool. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's any David Fincher. Right. Any David Fincher movie is going to capture you with his cinematography. Um, Except for Alien 3. We're not going to talk about Alien 3. That doesn't exist. Um, Wait, does it? No. Is that canon? Alien 3 is CGI. So. (laughs) So, and then, of course, I think the way they decided to lay out the narrative. Mm. Um, to me was absolutely perfect. It would be years before it dawned on me that no one dies two-thirds yeah. Yeah. the rest of the two-thirds of the movie. Yeah. Like, the first third of the movie is where the murders happen. After that, yeah. no one All else dies. Them. And mm. so... It kept you engaged and like, intrigued. Oh, like, oh, who's going to die next? Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't matter. Because now we're just trying to figure out who killed those other people. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and who's still writing these letters. Right. Afterward. And, you know, and then, you know, he was, I, I really identified with Gray Smith, where we kind of had this morbid curiosity in this morbid fascination to where when he finds out about Kathleen Johns, I too was disappointed that that wasn't Zodiac, right? That yeah. it might not have been and it probably wasn't, yeah. right? I was also kind of disappointed. Fun fact, uh, you know that the woman who plays Kathleen John is uh, Donovan's daughter? I just the, singer, the singer Donovan, whose song, yeah, who's song Hurdy Gurdy Man has played oh. whenever... Uh, Mike Mujo and Darlene Farron are being shot. And when Mike Mujo yeah, identifies credits, his daughter is the one that plays the one. I did not know that. the know baby at the window. No, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm a huge Donovan fan. So I don't remember what her name is. Something, something it's probably, Sky. It's probably not Donovan. But, uh, <laughs> probably not. Um, that is very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, again, soundtrack. It's so good. <laughs> It, it gets to where, when I listen to the soundtrack at work, it's like I'm watching the movie. Because I know every beat to this movie, because I've seen it so many times, to where I was almost like what you do, is quoting the movie while it was happening. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, again, it's just, it. It's I can't praise this movie enough. So, same question for you, Alex. Like, what... What about this? What made you know that, like, I'm for sure will rewatch this multiple times? I mean, the same thing with the, you know, the mystery, which mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, a lot of reason that people come back to it because 50 years, still nobody knows. Yeah. And, you know, and they, and they finally deciphered one of his letters. Well... Well, they deciphered the first ones. Well, the the the, the three hundred the three hundred forty yeah the three forty cipher exactly. they they finally finally deciphered three it. months ago. Yeah, been fifty fifty one years after he sent it. I, I did you read them? Yeah, I actually read the San Francisco Chronicle article about oh, it because they have the whole thing up, oh, yeah. and it's almost what, what's so crazy is almost everything that was talked about in the cipher in that cipher is in from the scene uh when he calls melvin Mm -hmm. on the show about i'm i'm afraid of the gas chamber and he in the cipher he says i'm not afraid of the gas chamber and i'm like oh my fucking because you you know figured out that wasn't yeah, and that wasn't him, right? There was just some was wacko. Just, yeah, some guy from... Into a mental institution. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Dude, I was like, holy 
shit. Because they have the whole thing, like, up on I, that I article. I should go. I should go. It's, I, I saw a video on how they decoded it. Why didn't they just call those guys back? The, the, that uh, history professor and his wife. Why didn't they just call them back? Like, hey, can they you come decipher the rest well, of these? I, I think they tried. Okay. But the reason why it took this long is because Zodiac actually made a mistake in it. Oh. So they had to, like... You know, they it was just a whole bunch of team of people, and they wrote this like code on a computer to decipher it. And a few like I think like a month before they actually figured it out, you know, they got like partial it, and they had to like basically work backwards from there. That's to, super interesting because you put everything in place, or else it wasn't. Because good. to solve a puzzle, you have to assume the puzzle is solvable, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that there are no mistakes. That's really interesting. Yeah, but he actually did make a mistake. That I'll, I'll, send, I'll find the video for it. That'd be great. Like, I'm assuming like one of the symbols was off or something. Yeah, like he, yeah, he did something. Send us the video, we'll put it on the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, we'll put it under the, the visual aids uh, sidebar. I finally fully updated the website now, so okay. it's fully up to date. Uh, everyone go check that out. I'll put a link in the description. But yeah, uh, so yeah, it'll be under the visual aids area. Uh because I finally fixed it to where for our Irishman that has that video that yeah. you sent me, but but anyway, um, oh, you know what I want to talk about real quick. What? And this is the, the film aspect of it is what they kind of had to flub. So besides, okay. you know, the other most likely it was another Corvair, right? Mm-hmm. They chose a Mustang. Uh, Paul Avery and uh, Robert Graysmith weren't buddies, so let's let's get that out, friends. Yeah, Robert uh, or Paul Avery did not go move to the Sacramento area. No. He wasn't. He didn't turn out too drunk. He had a wife and kids, and kind of, you know. I don't know. I'm not sure why they. Do you think it was because they needed, they needed to write our hero Robert, like someone that he could bounce ideas off of? Well, that number one is yeah. it's it was for expositional purposes, right? Right. So that's exactly right. I think maybe the reason they had Paul Avery's life go that direction is a manifestation of obsession. Right. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's and I guess it sort of gives it like a you know because uh, at that point everyone was giving up and that's sort of like the final draw of why Robert Graysmith in this movie right. decides to write his book right is because he's like you know if Paul you, Avery is just like nobody cares anymore and right. Robert's like well I do and if I'm the only one then I'm gonna do it right and that's sort of I think that sort of happened in real life. But they sort of like went to an extreme with Paul Avery's. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I know he died of a, a pulmonary embolism. Yeah, but yeah, you know, smoking them seeds. I would say I liked he was still smoking with his oxygen <laughs> in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking library. Take a half a stick, take a half his oxygen, and keep going. Uh, <laughs> dangerous, by the way. Don't smoke around oxygen tanks. They so will don't explode. Smoke at all. But. Oh, I mean, smoking is kind of cool looking, but. Sure. Smoke herbals. As, as they say on a very special episode, it's just something cool to do with your hands, but it's not cool. Something cool to do with your hands. Uh, so, I, I, I want to talk, like, for eight hours about John Karolich. Yeah. I fucking love him so much. It's another thing about this film that I love is that it gives you two very plausible... It's hard to pin down which one is more plausible options with... Um, John Carroll Lynch and Charles well, Fleischer. Well, Fleischer? With, um, with Arthur Lee Allen and and Rick Marshall, mm-hmm. like you don't. Well, we never see Rick Marshall. Well, we no, see uh, but, Bob. Bob Bond. Right, but Bob. Bond, you know, yeah. But really, it's the 
the idea is Rick Marshall was this huge and if you watch the documentary on the Blu-ray or whatever it's called this is the Zodiac speaking it's free on YouTube that's where I watched it actually because I was at work um, they they interviewed Mike Michaud and he had said now his recollection may not be the best at this point um, I think I have a friend who has Parkinson's, and I think he is suffering from Parkinson's. He has the same sort of cadence and mumbled speech. But uh, he said that he remembers Darlene saying the name Richard when they were being chased. Um, but again, this is his recollection. Um, being chased on that 4th of July night. Uh, okay. The movie didn't portray the, the chase because Mike Mageau didn't say that to the police at first. And they were going off of um, police files. Yeah. But um, he remembers the name Richard being said, which gives way for Rick Marshall. Cause, yeah, because Rick is... But I'm... I'm an Arthur Lee Allen guy. I, I'm, well, and, and even though the movie does give us these two plausible outcomes, it does lean very heavily that it was probably Arthur Lee Allen. I think it's because it was Graysmith's pick. Yeah. Yeah, Gray Smith was very obsessed with it being Arthur Lee Allen, and as far as I know, uh, Tosky was too. <laughs> yeah, I read that Tosky, well, that Mark Ruffalo, you know, having sat down with Dave Tosky, you know, Mark Ruffalo said like, you know, these guys have to take their, you know, personal opinions out when they are interviewing a suspect. But he he said, I remember Dave telling me as soon as he walked into that room, I knew it was him. Yeah, but. See, the thing about the Zodiac, especially in the true true case, is everybody has their favorite suspect. Mm-hmm. And a lot, everybody, like, stretches some facts to include that suspect. Right. Even when there are things that, like, disqualify each one of them, which is pretty insane how every single one has, like, some pros and cons. Yeah. It it's is. like, how, how could you not know? I mean, a lot of it does have to do with, you know, uh, police incompetence. Yeah. Yeah, it was the 60s and 70s. Yeah, you know. like, if it wasn't for um, them saying it was a Negro on the... They may a Negro have, male, they may have caught him that night. They may night, have caught him after the night of time. Yeah. 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 But I think, you know, it was an affluent white neighborhood in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. You know. It's funny you say that, because they, they interviewed some of the uh, policemen and detectives that were there for Paul Stein, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they said. They're like, it was an affluent neighborhood. Like, we... You yeah. left him alone. There was a, you, know. you know, I mean, there was this this big socioeconomic bias yeah. that they were using to determine who to stop and who to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I want to talk about Charles Fleischer, Fleischer, because mm-hmm. you know they kind of paint him as he also yeah. could have been him. And as Bob Vaughn. Meeting, he's perfect because he knows timing, Mm -hmm. and that's what David Fincher loved about casting him. Was yeah, I know he's Roger Rabbit, but he's (laughs) (laughs) but the way he moves his body, the way he chooses when to pause and when not to pause, it's perfect. Well, and how they a lot of people have basements in California. (laughs) Well, then how they shoot that, how they shoot that scene is he's. The camera's kind of... It's like a horror movie. ...underneath yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And the lighting... Yeah, he's... <laughs> and then who has a lock on the... A key lock on the inside of their house? Because... Well, no, no. I mean... I mean, 
In order to unlock the inside, he has to. Oh yeah, a lot of people have that. Well, you know, it's the same same key from the outside as the inside. Well, I know. Sometimes but, you know it's a little knob, but he. Uh, what I think what you're saying is is he why he locked it. Yeah, why he, he locked in, it in that's the first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, I did that also. It's just habit that I well, right, as right, soon right. as I close the door, I lock it. But, but I, I get what you're saying. It's yeah, really yeah, because because you know because Robert. It's I think suspicious. I think Jeremy's the zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already determined that Frollo was the zodiac yeah, all yeah, along. No, nah, it's Ted Cruz. <laughs> There. Uh, I mean, you know, he did just, you know, fuck off to Cancun, and then when he got caught, he was like, oh, "No, I was never in Cancun. I was never in. I was never in San Francisco. Uh, if I was the Zodiac, why would I tell you? Yeah, I, I obviously wouldn't tell you if I was there. Uh, and uh, so, I also own a Zodiac watch, by the way. That's absolutely true. I should have worn it for the podcast. Um, I <laughs> will pause. Go get it. Yeah, no, I think he is the Zodiac. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Well, and he's Arthur also Allen, though John Carroll Lynch. You know what's weird? What? Um, the the officer that interviewed John uh, Arthur Lee Allen mm-hmm. after the Lake Berryessa murders. Guess what his name was? What was his name? John Lynch. That's no cool. shit! Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. <laughs> well, aside speaking of John Lynch, this is the second. You know, supposed serial killer. Well, this one's supposed, but this is the second time he's played a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played John Wayne Gacy, and well, this would be the first one. American Horror Story. American Horror Story. Oh yeah, but American Horror Story. He played John Wayne Gacy, who was an actual. He was a serial I'm killer, a but gigantic fan of his. I think since Fargo. I think it was the first time I ever saw John Carroll yeah. in anything, and he's well, just fun. I love this guy. He's so he, talented. He can yeah. He can do comedy. He can do drama, and but man, like. Uh, so Ashley joined me for the last hour and 45 minutes in the movie because oh, she so people had already died <laughs> yeah she was already at her grandparents house but like it had been a, such a long time since she's seen it and she started connecting the dots and she like you and I she's like it had to have been him yeah. it had to have been because especially when Robert explains the letter stopped when he went to jail and then when he gets out the letter start up again and you know and all the signs pointed they need but, Berlin and you know I, I read that he actually in real life that Arthur Allen did not know Darlene. and well that brings up a good point is in those interviews I was watching one of the police officers said that the book has him at the painting party yeah. And he's like, I wasn't there. I have no idea why Graysmith put that in there. And so, obviously, Graysmith wouldn't make things up. I think he was given wrong information, mm-hmm. or he misunderstood information yeah. that was given to him. Well, see, you know, but, you know, he was, as we've been saying, the movie is just interpreting it the way it was said. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It would and make I, I sense. I think it's a very faithful adaptation no, of, course it is. of yeah. Robert Graysmith's book. I mean, I, yeah. of course, think But, you know, it makes sense because, you know, Darlene in that first scene seems sh- shaken. Like, she knows whose car that is yeah you know especially when she tells Mike you know shut up and stay in the car like she knows or which she was at, some which is actually what happened she's like don't worry about it yeah you know like she was very dismissive didn't say the name until again Majot's recollection is she said Richard but that could also be wrong you know he's been shot since then <laughs> and yeah. you know it's been a while um so Probably a lot of drinking. What I love that Fincher did is that each person who played the Zodiac 
matches the description. Yeah. So it's not the same actor who plays. Yeah, because they any had of them. Uh, they they match the description for each incident, which is brilliant. I well, thought, well then it keeps us guessing. Like, right, exactly. Does it? The, oh, like, is that Arthur Lee Allen? I can't well, really tell. Yeah. You know, and what's crazy is I I caught it. Uh, Charles Fleischer's scene I paused it at one point and I pulled up the the sketch art and it looked very close and I was like I think that's why they cast him too and Ashley was like I think so like it looks yeah a lot they, they, they do a very good job casting yeah not only great acting but they do look very similar like they do Mark Ruffalo looks very like similar Tosky. to Tosky <laughs> yeah Robin Gray Smith does uh, Paul uh Robert Downey Jr. doesn't look too much like Paul Avery, no. but I've listened to, uh, I've seen some interviews. I was going to say he and probably he sounds like him. Yeah, they have the same like voice inflection. It's weird. Yeah, I it's think crazy. that's what uh, Downey did was he just listened to and yeah. like and talked to people who knew him. And mm-hmm. um, the only people who really didn't look like who they were supposed to was like Duffy Jennings. Uh, yeah. Adam Goldberg plays Duffy Jennings. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look anything like. Yeah. <laughs> like um, and that was supposed to be uh, Jimmy Simmons. Oh. Uh, Jimmy Simpson was supposed to play Duffy Jennings. He was there to read for Duffy Jennings. I love Jimmy Simpson. And they were like, you know, you look a lot like the actor we have playing. You look like Minkus. Did anyone tell you that? Well, because they sat next to each other uh, during their auditions. And they looked and they go, they look a lot alike. Would you mind playing this role that is less than, but greater than also? I'm sure Jimmy was like, absolutely. And yeah, and you know. And he crushes it that the last five minutes of the movie. Amazing. And it's, again, this this movie is set up and laid out in such a perfect way to where every once we get to them finally getting in touch with Michaud and convincing him to look at a lineup at an airport. Yeah. Um, in Canada. I mean, you're, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, who's he going to pick? You know what I mean? And what's going to happen? And uh, it's good. And apparently... Real life, he did that same thing, where he said, you know, he pointed at Arthur Lee out and said, "This is the man." Yeah. But then pointed to somebody else and he had a face round like this guy. Yeah. And the guy said, "Are you are you identifying this guy?" He's like, "No, Arthur Lee Allen." Which some people think that's you know a lot of contention with that with because that was right after his book, which you see it on the shelf. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know his face, Arthur Lee Allen's face was circulating everywhere. And also, that's not so, how you should conduct a a lineup in pictures. Yeah. They need to be individual. They can't be all in a row. Yeah. Like and so that's you know a lot of people think you know is it you know or was he just seeing his face? Do you think it was? And he was just getting it in his head, and that's the face well, he was remembering because well, he'd seen it. It's called something. You know, when when the police need you to identify, and you see one of the people in the lineup, your brain automatically is like, "Well, I saw him." It could yeah. be him. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be like you know, like for suggestion, right? Yeah, yeah. Or right, but uh, you know, I think Alex is more right. I, I think that it was the combination of the book and new circulation, and you know, word of mouth, right? Which, as soon as as Arthur Lee Allen's picture and name was out in the news, you can't do the lineup anymore because. You've tainted the lineup, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I was kind of referring to, and you were talking about it off camera. Oh, exactly. Uh, uh, the little the things little. where they're they're having that survivor go through a lineup, 
and she had seen Jared Leto, and then she sees yeah. his picture, and she's like, I think it was him, but, you know, yeah. Rami was like, well, she saw him in the hallway, so right. this doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. But, but that's that's what I was pretty much saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying, and um, so I think you're right, and... Yeah, I mean, but I'm still not really all the time. You can't convince me. I, I agree. I, it, all, like, like, just from the movie or from other things? I, I have the book. I, 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 I know you've book. looked at I, I don't think you've done a lot of research. I haven't done a, other a, 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 an extensive one, but I have read more about Arthur Lee Allen, and it just, I was like, it, he is it, good, it just it makes... Like, Rick Marshall guy? I'm not a Rick. I don't even Rick Marshall. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, Ross Sullivan, Larry yep. Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to add in here is I recently read that somebody says Ted Kaczynski is Zodiac Killer. That'd be interesting. Which, do you know who Ted Kaczynski is? I do not. He's also another serial killer known as the Unabomber. Really? Because Ted Kaczynski was apparently in the area teaching at a university. How old was Ted Kaczynski? He was. He was well enough. Oh. Okay. Because he was teaching at a university, uh, and then, like right before that, you know, it comes out. You know, for the two years that Zodiac was murdering, he was MIA. Nobody knew where he was, and apparently, you know, we take it into account that Zodiac threatened with bombs. His, you know, MO was bombs being mailed to people. His manifesto, <laughs> his journals, his manifesto. You know, apparently, there's also a symbol in his journals that is the zodiac symbol, yeah. and that shows up quite frequently. And when you take into account, he was in Montana and his thing, like right after the last letter got sent. You know, he was up there writing his manifesto. That's why he didn't have any letters because. He's busy doing something else. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because when Ashley joined me for the last, you know, two-thirds of the movie, she was like, you know, it's been a while since she had seen it. And even though Ashley's obsessed, obsessed with true crime, the Zodiac is just something she hasn't really followed. But she was like, yeah, he was the one who was mailing people bombs, right? But it's just kind of funny you would say that, that her brain automatically went to the Unabomber. Yeah. Because the, I always found it strange that I always found that the murders and the bomb threats were so disconnected. They didn't seem like yeah, they it, were the same person. Yeah. Right? I think that me. has a lot to do with... Now, I'll get into who I think, you know, what murders I think this was. But, you know, you have all these different murders coming up, and then you have Paul Stein. Right. Where he's walking back, and there's a lot of police around. Think about all the others' murders, you know... Each three, first three, were, you know, kids Mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. No possible way a police officer would have come up to him. Mm -hmm. But you get after Paul Stein, and there's tons. Right. You know, they're all around. And then he goes into that park. I think right after that, he got scared shitless. Like, oh, I almost got caught. Yeah. And that's when he retreats to, you know, his, his, the thing he does better is writing letters. And... uh, uh, a lot of things, you know, right after he, uh, you know, after Paul Stein, what else happened in 1969? What other famous uh, crazy Californian got arrested? R- Richard Ramirez? No, Richard Ramirez. Oh. 1985. Um, I think he's referring um, Charles, Charles Manson. Charles Manson. Charles Manson. <laughs> and you have all this stuff. A lot of people think that the letters correspond with Charles Manson because... You know, Charles Manson just got arrested. A lot of publicity's on him. 
that's what uh, this what Zodiac wants. He wants that publicity. It, somebody put it together. Like after there's some like new breaks in you know the trials or you know he has a, like interview newspaper thing. Right after that, you know, a few weeks up to a month, new Zodiac letter. By the way, welcome back to the True Crime Podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We do that. That's fine. I would Um, do that. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting. It's sort of like my dad and I are obsessed with the idea that Jack the Ripper and Agent Tom's are the same person. Yeah. Um, That Jack Jack the Ripper Ripper has a very... Like, right. This is like the American. Yeah, Jack this is the American. That Jack he the le- that like, w- well, I just want to touch on that. That Jack the Ripper left London and came to America and became H. H. Holmes. No, I mean, it, or well, vice it versa. Was always H. H. Holmes. Um, uh, and the- yes, it is that um, he was in London, did the murders, came back, did the murder castle. Hmm. Um, fair. Wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio supposed to be making a movie where he was going to play H. H. Holmes? Yeah, with Scorsese. Yeah. Or Scorsese? Uh, Scorsese. Man of the uh, Devil in the White City, yeah. I Are they still doing that? By the way. I have it on Audible. I, I started listening to it, and then I stopped for some reason. <laughs> Are they still going to do that? Or I, I think it's still in production. Yep. I hope they do it. Because I, I feel like I read that like back like five years ago that they were going to oh, do yeah. that. It was a long time ago. But anyway, um, so okay. <laughs> Now, for our, I don't think so. I think Arthur Lee Allen was involved in some murders. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he was the true. Zero. Well, well, what about Robert Graysmith's theory that there was two? Yeah, I mean that's what I, I think. I, I think Arthur Lee Allen I'd be was fine with that. copycat. Mm, okay. I think Arthur Lee Allen. He had a lot of stuff with the Lake Berryessa. Also, the John Cheney thing. Mm-hmm. I don't trust his thing at all. No. Arthur Lee Allen molested his daughter. Yeah. And I think he held a grudge and did all that. But I still think Arthur Lee Allen was, did the uh, Lake Berryessa. Because look how different they are. Yeah. First two, it's dark, middle of nowhere, he comes and he shoots them. Uh huh. This is the middle of the day. And he puts on a costume. He has a costume on, he has a little uh, zodiac symbol. I'm not sure what that what that's even for because, well, it, I mean, it's, you know, to scare the people, but he was planning in those people being dead. And they talk he, the in the interviews yeah. they talk about that. They talk about what's the point of putting on a mask if you were planning on both of them dying, right? Yeah. Um, it also, you know, I wish you could listen to both. I don't know if people have done this. Um, both nine one one calls. Side by side, and because if in that case they should be different, because the first one after Darling Farron dies, um, it's that goodbye, it's that message, yeah. right? And then the other one, yeah, he has a different voice, or it's not, it might not be quite the same. I don't know. Obviously, there are different people in the movie because yeah. different people play the Zodiac, but yeah. um, I'd be interested also, to hear. Read that uh, the the uh, disc to the operator, the disc took those calls. You know, they like had the different Zodiac actors like read off that to yeah. figure out which should be the best one. Yeah. Guess who was the most that sounded just like him? John Carroll Lynch. So, yeah. So, I, I so, don't know, maybe John Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch, if you're watching, apparently you play good serial killers. Maybe you're the Zodiac guy. Oh my God! But I think, uh, you know, Arthur Lee Allen was a copycat. Okay. Because that's why he stabbed and he had the bloody knives in his car. He had, you know, the yeah. same, that boot print. The, the Wing Walker print. The Wing Walker yeah. print. And I think, uh, you know, Zodiac just now this heard about up, that and took took things from it. This brings up a really good point. That, that compiling all of this information together 
may not may be harmful rather than helpful because mm-hmm. when I, I remember the scene where Graysmith first meets with Toski at that diner yeah. and brings up the, the code books that and they were stolen from these mm-hmm. military libraries, right? It looks bad, right? It looks incriminating. What if it isn't? Right? What if it's a coincidence? Or yeah. like what are like how many books get stolen out of that library? Maybe a lot gets stolen and it just all happens these are stolen also, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, it's the correlation doesn't equal causation on it, right? That you know, yes, you were in the military, what are the odds that you would be a retired military personnel and still go to a military library, right? I don't really answer these things, but I'm just saying that, uh, well, you know, the likelihood of that is off. Well, and it, it kind of goes back to all the circumstantial evidence that they had. They never had yeah. anything concrete. You know, to nail on any specific person. You and know? this is why the movie is so good, because oh, we're back to the movie now. Because Rain is able to jump in on this conversation and have an intelligent conversation and a valid argument, because this film took the time to get everything right. Yeah, right, uh, and really present the way Graysmith presents the evidence. Mm-hmm. In his book, well, especially you know, especially in the scene where he finally gets Dave to finally listen to him after Dave's been you know, dodging him, and he explains, you know, lays yeah, fired. everything out to him, um, and it's you know it's still circumstantial, but you know it, it, it lines up, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, of course Arthur Lee Allen suffered a fatal heart attack. I don't believe it. Fatal shouldn't have been in quotes. Because uh, he did die. But um, just, uh, just like how birds are real? Birds are real. So, exactly. I think you meant to say fatal heart attack. Now, yeah. No, fatal. Is, is it? No, he had a heart attack. It was not fatal, though. It was fatal. So they just killed him afterwards? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, you would say he is dead. What do you think about Graysmith's anonymous phone calls? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Is what I say because it's, you know, as and as I did had to pause the movie to do plenty of research on this, uh, as his wife is played by Chloe Savini. That's how you pronounce her name. I I literally said Savini. I thought it was that too, but it's Savini. Oh. Uh, Yeah, I was about 10 minutes of research trying to figure out how to pronounce her name. That's the research you did, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Like, I even found, like, a website that had it spelled out phonetically. I hate you so much right now. Anyways. Uh, but, you know, she brings up a good point. You put your... you Your name is out there. Your face is out there. He knows what you look like. Even though Graysmith wasn't really doing anything... I mean, yes, he was trying to un- uncover who this was, but he wasn't, like, you know... You know, I, when I find you, I'm going to arrest you. You know, just m- more so, I'm going to find out who you are. But his anonymous phone calls are interesting because it could be, to Alex's point, that it could still be Arthur Lee Allen that's, you know, still portraying the Zodiac in this way and yeah. still I mean, trying to be relevant, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or it could be Arthur Lee Allen that's pissed because, like, Robert Graysmith essentially kind of ruined it. I mean... 
Arthur Leon's a shitbag anyway. Yeah. Because he molested children. Yeah. But, you know, whenever, if you get pinned on something and it's widely popular, everybody is going to believe you. There is there is nothing you can do just that you know, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, he's not it. Um, people are like, you know, maybe he could be it. And as, from I, what I know, that basically haunted him for the rest of his life because he couldn't do anything. He couldn't get a job. He couldn't go out. Like, oh, shit, you're living life. life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... So it could be, you know, Arthur Lee Allen just pissed, or it could just be a random person that... Because it also happened to Darlene Farron's family, right? Uh Yeah. And so that's where it gets sort of strange that it's the same, right? Well, you know, it's... You know, the question I also have is, is that scene in the film where... Robert Great Smith and Arthur Leon lock eyes for the first time. If that was fudged or if that really happened, did that really happen? I um, they didn't. Uh, it does. Didn't say. It does happen in a way. They did meet. They didn't really meet in the like, Ace house. Hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Um, I don't know if you ever seen Bubble Boy, but yeah, yeah, yes, sir. he plays. Jake Gyllenhaal's dead. Oh, Our, John Carroll Lynch. That's yeah. awesome. I don't remember that. That's yeah. amazing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because like at the end of the movie, because like his dad has like no personality to the whole movie, yeah. and at the very end, he joins the biker gang with uh, uh, Danny Trejo, yeah. and he's like in a leather jacket. Like yeah. that's right. Yeah. He's probably like, dead. <laughs> dad, I found you. <laughs> Why are you killing all these people? Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Do you think that they should have had more of the suspects in the movie? I... Or do you think that so would have just... I thought about that a lot. So I also thought about how interesting it would have been to watch Mike Majot get out of that car. And, you know, he waited hours uh, for the police yeah. um, to show up. Uh, and also, again, I forgot his name, uh, at Lake Berryessa. Uh, yeah, Brian so, His story is amazing because he had, he got up, he, he, once he got untied, he could only go five feet at a time before he had to rest yeah. or else he'd black out. And so to go all the way back up to the road and flag down. Well, he didn't a, go to the road. Oh, well, uh, right. A boat song. The boat song, yeah. right. And, I mean, his story is also harrowing, right? And it's also, it would be very suspenseful and thrilling to watch, right? So, yeah. um, I think what they did was was great. I think it could have been really cool to see what happened afterward, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, but I, this is this was before the miniseries craze, right? Yeah. I think Fincher could have made a very, very good miniseries with all of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And make it like, like a my, 10 my part. Or yeah, like a like my the best show Netflix has ever done. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that since this was before that, this is before miniseries were the only way you could tell a story, which is how it seems now, um, that it would have served well in that medium, um, in that sort of structure. But yeah, I kind of wish they would have talked about other people. But again, since it's following Gray Smith, it makes sense that it only focuses on what Gray Smith was obsessed over. Yeah, right? so. I do like that they showed like like how obsessed he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and why his wife left him. Yeah, that's, also, yeah, he's like, I just have to know who it is. Right, 
and that's how he was actually in real life and why he got divorced. Yeah. I love that scene where he's like trying to figure everything out with like the lunar cycles and he has his two sons in yeah. there and they're both looking at him. And he's like, and he's don't like, tell mom about our secret yeah, project. He's like, don't tell mom. And they're like, who's working on this dude? He's like, my colleagues. That's saying he's children like his looking children. up grizzly murder. <laughs> Uh, well, it's like, you know, when um, when Zodiac's letter started up again and he wanted to watch the news and his son's like, can I go? Yeah, he's like, she's like, fine, just go. Just come back and finish your food. Um, yeah, man, it's, you know, there's so much we still don't know, even today, about the real life case. But, you know, the movie helps those who maybe don't know about the Zodiac to kind of have some understanding because what I realized I think the movie is a very good like introduction yeah yeah, because what I realized the movie shows even through Grace Smith's eyes how much the police were running around in circles especially the scene where Armstrong is calling all the different Department, Again, the, all the different. Edwards that's his name. Is Adam. maybe. He's one of my favorites in the movie. I mean, if I had to like rank them, he's actually like, forgot he was in the movie. She's like, oh, it's green for me, R. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but he you, has hair. But you know when he, but you know when he's calling the different uh, police departments yeah. to, you know, get their information, but also because they're like, well, you never came to us, and that's why. It's so hard, right? Because they... The Zodiac understands jurisdictional confusion, right? And he understands that it's going to be hard for them to coordinate. And he also understands that this is the 60s. If you don't, like, walk around like, oh, I got the biggest dick. Yeah. Then, you know, these people weren't going to help each other just to help each other. Right. Because they're like, you know, oh, I've got my job. Right. I'm going to do my thing. I don't care what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, so, so so my big takeaway rewatching it was this really shows that the cops didn't know where to start and didn't know when it was going to end. When yeah. they go, I think the, the perfect visual example of the disconnect between the departments is when they go to Riverside. Mm. And everyone from the San Francisco area is all in like plaid jackets. They have long hair. And then they yeah. go to it's almost like a military base. Yeah, they're all like clean cut, short hair, and, and, like, and, and they're in uniform and yeah. not not willing to help or whatever. Because oh, yeah, he's just like, I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, I, don't, I don't understand what you don't. You yeah. know. And he goes, Well, we have this. He goes, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And you know, they're just from completely different worlds, right? And that sort of tells you, you know, where you thought that was hard in just the San Francisco area coordinating mm-hmm. another I mean forget it you know another yeah. part of the state yeah forget it yeah right? so and it might not even be him yeah you know and then and then you know the last 45 minutes of the movie is Robert's obsession yeah and how he spirals pretty much out of control and even with his wife having left him she's still like finish the book you have to finish the book yeah. Or it's going to consume it, right? Or it's, yeah. it's going to drive him crazy. Um, one of the... I liked the... 
where they got the idea to slap the the paper on the door. <laughs> the wet paper on the yeah. door. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Arthur Lee Allen's driver's license. Yeah. Uh, it's like raining and he's just like, it's Bartok! There was a, they, they had a story about a former pro wrestler who um, was avoiding his wife's lawyer because she was going to hand him divorce papers. And it was after a, a match because um, again, pro wrestler. Um, after a show, you mean he was acting? Yeah. So after Wait, it's, af- it's fake. After the show, it's CGI. He was <gasps> covered in sweat, right? And um, this guy goes, "Hey, are you so and so?" He goes, "Yeah." And he slaps the papers on his back. And he goes, <laughs> "You've been served." See ya. And he goes, "Ah!" <laughs> and so he was like, "Just slap it on the door," you know? Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, I feel like in the film really helps show this that you know that the newspapers didn't know what to do, the cops didn't know what to do, and it's it's just a, a just a mess is what it is. And, you know, the cops trying to do their best to maintain some you know civilness, like you know, keep everyone you know understanding, like, hey, this is a serious thing, but. Like keep the peace, and it just oh. and the agony of having to literally follow up on every tip, right? Yeah. When that montage of oh, the all lunatics. the yeah. <laughs> and here comes every loony in a five mile radius. Yeah, and, and I'm the Zodiac killer. Really, how did you kill your victims? <laughs> and it's way off. And with a hammer. With a hammer. No. Not he, gets, he gets his foot hurt, and then the killing starts. Coincidence? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, is it? You tell me. <laughs> yeah, and he removed his hands. The Zodiac hasn't cut off anyone's hands, ma'am. He hasn't. Oh no, it's uh, like, he hasn't. No, sir, no, he hasn't. Because it was a, a sure. Yes, it sir. was a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> there's literally like I've heard, you know, there's a box, you know, like more than a box, you know, thousands of tips, thousands of files. Oh, of people, you know, and they have to keep all of that. And they have to go up because, you know, what if? imagine, you know, if you don't. Yeah, that when that, that was our happened, guy. Yeah. yeah. That that was a boy. That was a boy right there and he slipped. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it just shows you how it may never be solved uh, just because of, you know, he did a good job of yeah. spreading out. What he did, and, and getting lucky as well. And getting lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Yes, I am. I, I'm very excited we did this episode today. I love this movie very much. I feel like we've been saying that we are going to do that we were going to do this movie like three seasons ago, yeah, and maybe. we never did. Yeah, I, I think we just needed the right time, maybe. And the right person. And the right person. Um... Aww. Who I think you provided some really good stuff today. I, I you know that Ted Kaczynski stuff. I didn't know that. So that's yeah. that's yeah, really I think interesting. That's a very recent. And I'm, and I'm gonna look into that for sure. Um, after this, because uh, definitely our next movie is not going to be this much fun. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you'll be fine. Um, but I'm, again, very happy you decided to pick this one. Yeah. Um, I have been excited about this for weeks, so. Yeah, it's... Because I, I love the movie, and, you know, true crime doesn't interest me, but, you know, this does. And I, and it, it, I think it goes back to the mystery that we don't know. He's never been caught. We don't know if he's alive. We don't know if he's dead. We don't know 
anything uh, to this day. And it's a little scary, but, you know, like Robert, I do. I also like puzzles, more more so mind puzzles. I mean, I know puzzles are for your mind, but like where you really have to connect the dots and really think. But uh, what about you, Alex? I I just this is one of my I mean I think David Fincher is one of my favorite directors just yeah, for sure how he lays everything he does very good with true crime and serial killers you know yeah Seven Mindhunter yeah Seven's oh, gonna be the next one because uh, I'm gonna show Ashley Seven Oh Girl with the Dragon that dude's phenomenal I've seen that um, one the Daniel Craig version mm-hmm. yeah I've seen that yeah, one yeah it's David Fincher um wasn't he gonna do didn't he produce the girl in the spider's web that I tanked I didn't see that um, I think he did but I I agree. I think Fincher shines and stuff like this. I mean, he's great at other things. You know, Benjamin Button's great. Uh, Social Network's great. Oh, yeah. Um, but when it comes to murder, yeah. Fincher's the go-to <laughs> guy. And it's phenomenal. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we are talking about Don Hertzfeld's uh, multi-medium uh, slash animated film uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day yeah um, I think you can find it free online um, it's about an hour and ten minutes um, I mean you can I, find anything online yeah I think you can, I do think you can find this one online um, I bought I bought the Blu-ray years ago it was expensive but it was worth it because um, I watch this movie all the time it's short enough to where I can just put it on and you know, just have I, I don't know. I, I watch it all the time. I think it's brilliant. I may I may find the Blu-ray because I may not want to go through the trouble of just finding it online anywhere. Okay, but uh, but yeah, um, Alex, thanks for for joining us for Zodiac. Thanks, buddy. That's uh, two back-to-back episodes yeah, with Alex. Back-to-back. Should, should we do some more uh, true crime stuff? Absolutely. All no, movie A spinoff of Reservations. Uh, just you know, other true, true crime with Rain, Jeremy, and Alex. Yes. I I would not be any help to that at all. I don't understand. Well, you crime. could be like our uh, was it Scully? Yeah. Or skeptic or whatever. Yeah, Scully's the skeptic. Mulder's the uh, Mulder's the believer. Yeah, the believer. Yeah. I haven't seen that show. I started to rewatch it a while back, and then I stopped, and I've been meaning buddy, to hop back into it. My buddy it. who loves the show, uh, sidebar, um, loves the X Files. That's what we're representing, and. Uh, he said, dude, just skip season one. I forgot how bad it is. Just go straight to season two. Maybe that could be your point. You, you don't know anything. Yeah. And we'll do. We'll bring up cases and say, who do you think did it? If they're mysteries or... Yeah. Or who knows? Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Cool. Because I got, now that you've said that, lots of movies just came into my mind. So, yeah. uh, but we hope everyone enjoyed Zodiac. Uh, definitely do your own research and let us let us know on the Facebook Hey, and hey, leave us a comment, you idiots. Maybe that's why Just we get so much mean comments. Leave a comment, all right? Because he's being so rude. It's not hard. All you got to do is just, I enjoyed it, or you guys are dumb. Whatever, man. You're a bunch of jags. You're lazy. Just say something. But anyway, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, thank you again, Alex, for being here. Thanks, buddy. We will see you next week for such a beautiful day. Oh, do we want to mention the... Uh Never. Mention what? I was gonna say Alvin's episode. Uh, come out already. Well, 
We don't know yet. We don't know yet. A very special episode coming. Yeah. There. I just said it there. It's going to it's gonna come out probably after this at some point. Okay. Yeah, and it'll be YouTube exclusive. YouTube exclusive. So, hope everyone will join, and we'll see you next week.